Hey there, this is Jonathan. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you and grateful to have this conversation about the rapture. It's been a long one, hasn't it? This is the first three-part episode I've ever done. But I hope that it's been a good conversation to thoroughly show from the scriptures in a pure and simple way what the rapture is and what the rapture isn't. And there's a whole lot of popular uh, works about the rapture. There are books, uh, fiction books and movies and other things that, that display the rapture in a way that is contrary to what the Bible teaches. George Batty has done a great job of establishing what the rapture is, helping explain some of the texts that are often confused about what the rapture is not. And now we're going to finish up with a great continuing Bible study conversation about the rapture. Let's get right back into it, shall we? Uh, you asked this question. I think it's maybe more rhetorical than sincere, but did Jesus promise them a pre-tribulation rapture so they wouldn't have to endure it? And, you know, the obvious answer from Revelation and from history is no. No, no, he did not do that. As a matter of fact, look at chapter Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. Read that verse. Okay. Uh, it says, Do not fear any of those things for which you're about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you'll have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you a crown of life. Now, I'll tell you, before you make your point, the previous question that I had asked was kind of unscripted, and it's amazing that in this scripture is the answer that we kind of came to that about being tested uh, in the tribulation. I'm kind of in shock just looking at this in the moment. Go ahead. Jesus is saying you will have tribulation. You are going to go through the tribulation. You're right. not going to be raptured out before the tribulation occurs. And so, you know, the popular theory is that the tribulation comes or the, the Antichrist arises and it's, it's uh, about time for the great tribulation to begin and Jesus just secretly raptures everybody out. So here's a car driving down the street and a Christian is behind the steering wheel and they're raptured out and so the car just crashes because it has no driver anymore. Right. And here's an airline flying through the air. The pilot is a Christian. And the Lord raptures the, the pilot out of the airplane. So now here's this plane full of passengers with no driver behind the wheel. Mm. And it just crashes. Right. All of these things. And people are wondering, where are all these people? Where'd they go? And they've supposedly been raptured out before the tribulation. So they won't have to endure. And the Bible just doesn't teach that. Revelation 2 and verse 10 says, you will have tribulation. You will. You're going to go through this. And so their assignment was to be faithful through the tribulation. Right. Be faithful even to the point of death. Even if you have to die, be faithful. And so when John saw the great multitude in Revelation chapter 7 who had their garments washed in the blood of the Lamb, he was seeing faithful brothers and sisters who had stayed faithful even to the point of death. That's that's the crowd that he was looking at. Okay. So to sum up kind of this big point that we've just discussed, uh, there is a difference between the tribulation in Matthew, Mark, Luke, 
uh, where Jesus is prophesying about Jerusalem and Christians who need to escape when they see the signs of it coming, and this great tribulation in Revelation, this general persecution and tribulation of the church that, that happens throughout the Christian age. Yes, and I think the reason, by the way, that the book of Revelation calls it the great tribulation is because it's great in the sense that it lasts the entire Christian age right. from the cross till the second coming. So it's great in that sense of duration. And it's also great in the sense that it covers the whole globe rather than just the city of Jerusalem, one, one location. So it's truly the great tribulation of Revelation covering the entire globe throughout the entire Christian era. And Jesus is not promising, uh, you won't have to go through this. I'm going to snatch you out so you won't have to endure this. No. John said, I'm already going through it. The church at Smyrna was already going through it. And it was only going to get worse. Right. It's almost like the sign that you're doing something right for the Lord is that you're going to have right. tribulation. And the opposite of that is if you're not going, if, the, if it's just smooth sailing and you have no issues with anybody from another faith, neighbors, uh, communities, whatever, et cetera, then maybe you're not living the life as that there's genuinely some, there's something to worry about there Be, right. because jesus said in luke chapter 6 he said woe to you when all men speak well of you oh, okay for so did their fathers to the false prophets right god's people have always suffered tribulation and persecution and when when all the world when worldly people are speaking well of christians there's something wrong hmm. something's wrong well, in your notes, you you have a, a this point about how we're not promised physical protection, right? And uh, that might catch some off guard, you know. Especially, I think about Psalm twenty three: "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." So he's you know he's my great shepherd and protector. Uh, but help me maybe better understand this point about what we're not promised and what we are promised. Well, the as you said, the Lord is not promising us physical protection, physical comfort. But when the Lord is our shepherd and he protects us, he's protecting us from evil. You know, as he taught in the model prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, right. as some translations put it. And so the point is the Lord is protecting us from evil. He will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we're able to bear. First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12 and 13. Uh And Jesus, in fact, promised just the opposite. He taught his disciples that they would be persecuted. In Matthew 10, in verse 22, Jesus said, You will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. In verse 28, he said, Do not fear those who kill the body, but they cannot kill the soul. Mm. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So that indicates, yes, God's people will be killed. Their bodies will be killed, some of them anyway. In Acts 14, verse 22, Paul was strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. So, 
obviously we're going to go through a great tribulation. We're going to have tribulations. Before the crucifixion of Jesus, he prayed for his disciples. In John chapter 17, here's this big long prayer. And in verse 6, Jesus said, I've manifested, he's praying to God on behalf of his disciples. And he said, I've manifested your name to the men you have given me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Mm. So Jesus is praying for these men that God gave to him. Now, who were these men? Well, they were the apostles. That's who he's referring to. Right. right. In verse 12, he said, I was with them in the world. So he's praying, you see, for these apostles he had been with. And he says, I've kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition. Now, the son of perdition, he's the only one of the apostles that ended up lost. Who is this son of perdition? That's a reference to Judas. And of all the apostles, he was the only one who ended up being lost. Right. And so when he's praying for them and he he uses those, those phrases that you have given me out of the world, what is what exactly is he praying about right there? Well, they've been separated from the world. They're 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 living a heavenly citizenship on this earth. They're right. not they're not worldly people. They're spiritual people being guided by spiritual truth. And so so Jesus is praying for them. And listen to what he said in verse 59. He's praying for his apostles. Mm-hmm. But listen to what he says in verse 15. He said, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Right. So obviously this idea of a pre-tribulation rapture is just wrong. It's just wrong. As a matter of fact, it contradicts what the Bible explicitly says. Right. It is wrong. It is evil because it's giving people this hope that is not there. Right. And Jesus said he's not praying that anyone be taken out of the world so they can escape tribulation. Instead, he's praying that they would be kept from the evil one, that they that their faith would be strong enough to endure what lies ahead. It sounds like a good follow-up study to this point would be the 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 word overcome all the times in the new Testament right. for the promises of, to he who overcomes. Right. Which uh, is a great theme in the book of revelation overcome. You'll all, you'll read that as Jesus is writing to the seven churches, he who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life. Mm-hmm. And so, well, you've just made a, a, a great series of points and scriptures about why the pre-tribulation uh, is contrary to what the Bible teaches. It's simply wrong. Uh, but I remember that you used a phrase post-tribulation as well. Right. So maybe we could summarize that type of rapture one more time. We've talked about it in, in 1 Thessalonians 4, but um, maybe to bring it back full circle, let's talk about post-tribulation rapture. Okay, so 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 does teach a rapture, a snatching up, snatching out of uh, off of the earth, Christians, disciples, uh-huh. but it's not a pre-tribulation rapture. It is a post 
tribulation rapture, which mean post means after. Right. So in other words, after the tribulation is over, and Christians are snatched up after the tribulation of this age. Mm-hmm. And we're called upon to be faithful even to the point of death, Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10. Okay. And the great tribulation of of chapter Revelation chapter 7, verse 14, talks about the great tribulation. And these people that John's looking at had come out of the great tribulation. Right. That's the entire church age. And from the time of the cross until the second coming of Christ, the Lord's people are going to be hated on this earth. What do you mean by that? They are going to be hated. Muslims hate true Christians because they think Jesus is equal with God, and and the Muslims reject that idea. They think Jesus was a prophet, but right. just a prophet. They don't think he was equal to God. So that's that's one billion right there. And they yes, <laughs> absolutely. And they when I say they hate Christians, I mean that they hate them. They kill them. They behead them. Right. They uh, blow up on buses people they think believe in Jesus. Right. They they truly hate. Uh, the Catholics uh, oppose the Lord's true people, the church, because the Catholics say the Pope is the head of the church. Right. And true Christians say, no, the Pope is not the head of the church. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Right. And especially during the medieval ages, the Catholic church literally killed anybody who would not submit to the authority of the Pope. Right, right. And Protestants who aren't protesting so much anymore these days, (laughs) originally Protestants protested the Catholic Church. Not so much anymore, but Protestants hate the Lord's Church in the sense that um, they think they are just as acceptable as the church of Jesus Christ. And they right. they oppose anybody who says we're the only right church. Mm-hmm. The, the Protestants view the church as, um, if you ask them, do you believe in one church? Yes. But then if you ask them, what does it look like? It looks like thousands and tens of thousands of denominations. Right. Different churches. Well, it's hard to understand how can you believe in one church and thousands and thousands and ten thousands of different churches all at the same time. The Lord did not intend this. He did not intend for men to invent their own variety of churches to right. suit their... Uh, so we have a menu and choose which church suits you today. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like that one, choose a different church on the same menu. Well, the world hates the Lord's church and the Lord's people. And so when people ask, do you believe in the rapture? I think we should answer the question, yes. Yes, I believe in the rapture, but I think we need to put a footnote to that. I do not believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, the popular theory of the rapture. 
that 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 in itself, just using the phrase a pre-tribulation rapture, might set up a good conversation with them. Right. <laughs> and and you might further, by the way, just tell people you don't believe in premillennialism. That's another topic for another time. Right. But premillennialism is so often connected with the rapture topic that people automatically assume they go together and they think right if you believe in the rapture you must believe in a premillennial reign of Jesus on the earth and that's just not true mm-hmm. they they don't necessarily go together and if someone's asking you this question you might just for clarity's sake explain to them i don't believe in the popular theory of the rapture and i don't believe in pre-millennialism right. either. Right. Well, you kind of end your notes with some good news and bad news. Yes. What is it? Well, the bad news is we will have tribulation. We are going to have difficult times. The good news is the Lord promised to be with us mm-hmm. and help us through these bad times. In John chapter 16 and verse 33 The Lord said, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And so Jesus is promising his people, I'm going to help you through this tribulation that's coming. Well, this has been an excellent Bible study for me. I hope it has been for those who listen. Uh, Thank you very much for coming on and for sharing it with us. And... Well, thanks for inviting me. I've enjoyed uh, doing this with you, and I hope that what we've said will be helpful to people to understand the popular theory of the rapture, which we should oppose, versus the Bible teaching of the rapture, uh, which we should not be afraid to admit is there. Right. You want to take a minute to plug willofthelord.com? Maybe if there's people (laughs) out there who are listening that need another website with reference put in their bookmarks list what what is willofthelord.com all about well thank you uh willofthelord.com uh, is a website that i contribute to and i have uh, audio sermons most of the most of the audio presentations have written notes in a pdf file that you can download and you can uh read the notes along with the audio version if you would like, or you can just uh, listen to the audio, download the audio and listen to it um, on your iPod or telephone or whatever device you choose. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a variety of topics. There's a little search box that nobody seems to notice. (laughs) If you just look to the right of the webpage, a little little search box uh, has a drop-down menu. You, You can choose from different topics, or you can just type in, a keyword, right? And it's very likely that there was a topic that has been covered on your keyword. If mm-hmm. you'll just do a search, mm-hmm. and I'll attest to it. I use it and I enjoy it. Some of them are short, some of them are long, some of them are very specific in that topic. Others are quite broad, but it is an excellent resource. So, and let me just say this, uh, Jonathan, for you or for anyone else that listen. Uh, those are all uncopyrighted notes. They're free to use. You don't have to give me credit for them. You can get up and, and teach this and pretend that it's original <laughs> with you and take all the credit if you would like to do that. But 
I just hope that it's the truth that is presented in those notes, and I hope that it will help people to understand the Bible a little bit better. That's what we all want, help people understand the Bible. Well, thank you very much for coming on. God bless you. Thank you. I'm grateful for George and for his willingness to come into studio and spend this time discussing a conversation that is pure and simple, but across the time maybe has not been as pure or simply presented by those who are confused about the rapture. Grateful for the book of Revelation and for the studies that he's done, not only at the Green Oaks meeting that's been going on in February 2019, but also for the the studies that he's putting into for a commentary on the book of Revelation as well. And I can't give you any timeline on that, but look for it in the future, Lord willing, uh, George Batty's commentary on the book of Revelation. I'd also like to encourage you to go to the website, check out the resources available on pureandsimplebible.com. If you're new to this podcast and what this uh, operation is all about or what this ministry is all about, I'm hoping to provide high-quality content as free as possible, and everything on the website is free to download. So go there, check it out at www.pureandsimplebible.com. And always remember, God loves you very much, and I do too. Lord willing, see you soon. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me and you.